0: Welcome to Building Fifty Eight podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. My name is Heather Taves, and I'm sitting beside my very good-looking husband, Christopher Taves.
1: How are you, Heather?
0: Actually, you're more commonly known as Chris. Chris, yeah. To all of your people.
1: Usually, if someone says Christopher, it, uh, it might be in trouble. You
0: think you might be in trouble? Or,
1: or I've ordered at Starbucks, and I've got to pick up my drink because it's Christopher on my Starbucks app.
0: Christopher is a very nice name. Thank you. I like it. It means Christ follower, right?
1: Follower of Christ. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Man, you can't get a better name badge than that.
1: No kidding. It's a great thing to aspire to.
0: I love it. Well, it has been a while since we have been on the Building 58 podcast. It has. But it does not mean that we have not been walking out the vision and the purpose of Building 58 um, that God has called us to. So
1: Absolutely. Every single day we do something that's involving Building 58 because it's all about empowering leaders and families, and that's what we've given our lives to.
0: Yes, we're really passionate about that. We're especially passionate about, well, building leaders is a huge, huge dream and desire of our heart, mm-hmm. but also marriages yes. just are at the forefront of that because if you look at a community or a church or a neighborhood or um, you know any group of people and you see marriages, you're going to see – a lot of brokenness mm-hmm. in our world right now. And so we just believe that because God is so redemptive and his entire story is redemptive, that he, his heartbeat is to see marriages be redeemed.
1: Absolutely. it's. I mean, marriage, it's a picture of his love for us, the church. Mm-hmm. And so his he loves to see marriages restored and the enemy comes to attack those marriages, mm-hmm. doesn't he?
0: yes he does yeah you know i love that verse it's so well known from ephesians 5 where it says that husbands should love their wives as christ loved the church and gave himself up for the church he's talking about the writer in ephesians is talking about the relationship between a husband and wife modeling Mm -hmm. and looking like the relationship between jesus and the church, mm-hmm. the big C church, all of the people who've chosen to follow him. And what a beautiful picture that is. But it's sobering too, because Jesus gave his life.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty high calling as a husband to think that that <laughs> your greatest thing you can do is lay down your life for your spouse, for your wife. That's the truest love. That's modeling after Jesus. That's That's my name, following after Jesus.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. And I am so encouraged in this time that we're living in, seeing men rise up and Mm -hmm. do that. I just believe God has put a... Do you remember? um, I know we're just like on the very edge of being able to have participated in this and remember it, but Promise Keepers?
1: Yeah, I went to a Promise Keepers in St. Louis.
0: So you were probably what, in your early 20s?
1: Uh, Yes. Yeah. Uh, That event still marks me. Yeah. It, because actually there's a necklace that I got from that event. It was Joe White gave the altar call. At, I remember mm. this clearly. He had the big cross down there, all these men flooding down to the altar. We all got these um keychains or these necklaces, I'm sorry, with a nail on it. Mm-hmm. And it says Galatians 2.20, mm. I'm crucified with Christ. Mm. Um, but nevertheless, I live, uh, not me, but Christ in me. And I, I recently gave that to my son. Mm. Um that necklace so that's really cool. yeah that's a that's an awesome memory that I have
0: yeah and that was such a powerful movement yes you know 20 years ago um, that really challenged and called men mm-hmm. to be who they are created by the creator to be and then it kind of feels like maybe there hasn't been much recently in the last 20 years yeah.
1: I know you're right and I think God's the spirit of God stirring something yeah. in men again Yeah. and they're rising up to that. There's, there's something about men leading their families, mm-hmm. leading their wives and, and leading their communities. Mm-hmm. And when you see strong men, godly men mm-hmm. that are following after Jesus, you're going to see strong communities and cities. Yep. And that's and part of my heartbeat is to see these men rise up and it's, it's them stepping forward after yes. Jesus.
0: And we're seeing that in our own community and Absolutely. in our own circles. Yeah. Just these men who are going after God, who are humbling themselves to say, like, I've got mm-hmm. stuff I need to work through and face and admit yeah. and deal with. Sin I need to uncover and then overcome. And it is, it's is—it's really miraculous. I mean, we have men in our home uh, every week on yeah. a certain night of the week. And just to watch them come in go down to the basement and gather as a group of men and seek the face of God is very yeah. very powerful
1: there's something that happens when you're vulnerable yeah and, and let your guard down so that um, the Spirit of God can penetrate your heart that you can't really put words to yeah but there's something that, that the Spirit of God does and works in that vulnerability yeah it's that it's that rhythm of repentance and confession. Mm-hmm and brokenness, and then God builds you back up into what, what he wants you to be, mm-hmm. not what you're trying to be on yourself, not yeah. that pride. That's right. It's that tearing of pride down, that humility.
0: Um, well, and doing it because you desire to have that relationship, that close relationship with your heavenly father first, right. not because your wife is asking you to do it, not because your pastor, your neighbor, your best friend is asking you to do it, but because it's the relationship between you and your mm-hmm. heavenly father.
1: Yes, realizing that you didn't choose God, but that He mm-hmm. chose you—like that's so powerful. Yeah, He chose you, and uh, He went to the cross for you and died for you. And the power that's in that—if mm-hmm. you can truly understand the love of the Father—that you, in your brokenness, you're that prodigal that's gone his own way, and you've come to the end of your road. That's a beautiful place to be. Mm-hmm. Because then all you can do is go home to the Father. Not easy. Not, no, not easy, but it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's beautiful from the perspective of the Father because then he, when he sees you coming, he does not see your sh- shame and your guilt and your sin. He sees the son that he created you to be, and that's when he starts running towards yeah, you. Yeah, that's
0: so good. And I think that men need to understand how attractive it is to their wives when they choose that. When they choose to lay down their pride and run towards Jesus, mm-hmm. like there's nothing more attractive in a husband, I think, than when you seek the face of God. Mm-hmm. That, that's pretty sexy, baby.
1: Sweet. <laughs> that should not be the motivating factor, though.
0: But, but it could but be it's a part bonus. of the factor. It's an
1: add-on bonus. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about marriages. And I'm yeah. really excited because we're going to do a series on marriages here over the next several weeks and months. And we're so going... So we won't
1: have a six-month podcast break? You know
0: what? We will try not to, but here's the reality. Our podcast, while it is important, it's less important than people. Yes. And you know, meeting face to face with people and being able to identify struggles and then walk with them through whatever yeah. they're going through, that takes priority. So Absolutely. That's we have not been forsaking Um, This, we've just had to put it on the back burner. We've been
1: digging in even more into people's lives and the...
0: Yeah, which is awesome.
1: The mess and the beauty and the brokenness and and Jesus in the middle of
0: it. Yeah. So this series um, will just be... Some will be really short episodes. We're going to hit a whole bunch of topics and we're just going to cover everything that we can think of. and, And please understand that we do not think we have all the answers. Absolutely. And we absolutely do not have a perfect marriage, but we have a great marriage. We do. And it is um for a few reasons i think um god's faithfulness to us mm-hmm. and our faithfulness to him mm-hmm. and because we have taken steps to build it and to work on it and to set our own expectations aside and really learn how to love each other the way that god has called us to so we we just want to share our insight and hope that some of it maybe trigger something in you and in your marriage that can, if you have a great marriage, yes, awesome. We're cheering you on. Keep working at it. If your marriage is mediocre, don't settle for that. Like mediocre is not great. You know, go for great. And if you have a marriage that is in crisis, reach out to us, you know, and we will help you get the tools to begin working on it.
1: Yeah. I think what you said there is powerful because even though we f- we feel we have a great marriage, we know part of knowing that we have a great marriage is that we need to continually work on it, right? It's, it's that picture of a, a garden. There's weeds that are going to pop up. You've got to root them out before they overtake what's really good and healthy.
0: Yeah. And we've had some struggles even this past year that we've had to go, oh, wow, this is an attack on our marriage, and we've had to work through those and process through those things that maybe we hadn't encountered before yeah. that we identified. And, exactly. and now we're more aware of it, so we're able to.
1: It's much easier though to weed the garden when you're constantly looking out for it and caring for it and allowing the sun shine of God and the rain of the Spirit to fall on the garden and instead of just ignoring it because yeah. that's when everything chokes out and takes over yeah. the really good stuff. So it's a continual never-ending process and and fun battle.
0: Yeah, it is. So we do a lot of well some premarital counseling
1: and some postmarital counseling. And some, and some <laughs>
0: postmarital counseling. But one of the main topics that we start with whenever we're talking to any Soon to be married couple or married couple is this whole idea of threats. Because I think most will definitely going into a marriage, you're not very aware of the fact that there are threats to your marriage. Which is
1: mainly a good thing because you're, I mean, it's the couple that comes in and they're holding hands and sitting like basically on top of each other. Right. They're so excited to each other. Which is awesome. Yes. And that's the way it should be throughout all of your marriage, right? Mm -hmm. But they're so consumed with the love Mm -hmm. that they need some of these tools to know that there's threats coming against them Mm -hmm. because Satan does not want marriage to succeed.
0: Right. Well, I mean, John 10.10 says that the thief, who is Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Of course he's going to try to steal, kill, and destroy the thing that God uses to represent Jesus in his church. Right. Of course he is. So I think for, for the when we talk about threats, we're really just playing, um, we're going on the defense. You know, we're saying like, these are the things that if you identify them, because when you identify something, you're way more able to handle it and be prepared to handle it. If it does come.
1: Right. It takes that defense and the offense because the rest of that verse is Jesus saying, but I've come. To yeah. give you life yep. and to give it to you abundantly. So it's, it's that combination to play a really good game, I like this metaphor, <laughs>
0: um,
1: in, in your marriage. Yeah. So threats, tell me about some of the threats that, that we talk about.
0: Well, a huge one, this comes up a lot, almost immediately, are families.
1: Families? Mm-hmm. Those loving people that raised you?
0: Yeah, those people. Because so, the joining together, you're you're not just coming together with you and your spouse, your soon-to-be spouse. Mm-hmm. Or if you're already married, it's not just you and him and her.
1: Yeah, you're joining families.
0: There are two sides of the family. And we all know every family has their own unique perspective and culture.
1: Yeah. Well, it's interesting because you're joining families, but you're also cutting off from families. Yeah. Because... The marriage is a separation that's very biblical, that a man shall be separated from his mother and father and cleave to his wife. Mm-hmm. And so there's a separating, but yet a joining of an extended family. Mm-hmm. And that's where some of these things can get really tricky. Yeah, um, Because not everybody was raised the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you could be both raised in Christian households, um, God-loving households. Or not. But mm-hmm. e- either way, there's things that creep up that the enemy will use good things. Right. That the enemy will twist just a little bit. Remember, this is the same enemy that took Jesus into the wilderness and attacked him with scripture. Yeah. But he twisted it just enough where it it was off. And that's what he does. He takes good things and twists them.
0: Yeah. So being aware that your family, while it is awesome to have two families, each one or more, you know, if you mm-hmm. have... Maybe you have parents who have been divorced or remarried or there's, you know, there's a whole bunch of different people involved in your family unit. Families come in all shapes and sizes. They may be a threat to your marriage at some point and they may not even realize it and you may not even realize it. They're not intending to be threatening, but it may be something that causes a wedge between you and your spouse. And that's something to be very, very cognizant of because... It's normal for you to take the side of your blood, mm-hmm. right? So somebody who's raised you, you've, you're related to by blood. But what that what the devil does then is he uses that to put a wedge between you and your spouse, right?
1: Which is not good, yeah, because you you've it's two now that have become one, mm-hmm. and so you really you there's no separation between something that's one. Mm-hmm. I heard once an illustration of when you put glue on plywood. Mm-hmm. and you glue pieces of plywood together. You can't get those apart once it's been glued together without ripping mm-hmm. into the wood of each one. That's what a marriage is. Yeah. So yeah. anything that tries to attack that, it's just ripping yourselves apart.
0: Yeah. And we're not saying ignore your families or don't be a part of your families. We're not saying that no. at all. Let's be really clear. What we're saying is recognize that there, are, there may be some things from both of your families that could potentially be a threat to your right. marriage.
1: Well, and setting up, it's the communication of this talking about it before you're married, you know, wherever, whatever phase of marriage you're in and then setting up boundaries yeah. or guardrails to protect your marriage. yeah, And that will actually protect your family yeah, because if you don't have boundaries, it's just a free for all. yeah, And there needs to be some sort of boundaries in place so that you can engage well with your extended family.
0: Right. So what are some of the, Boundaries that we've had to put in place with our families because let's just like get super real here We have awesome families. We do you have incredible parents and an awesome family I have incredible parents and an awesome family, you know, we both love them We were raised in similar ways, but also in some very different ways. So This hasn't been a huge struggle for us uh, in our lives But we've definitely had moments where we've had to work through differences family differences and draw some lines around our own family.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think some of the thing that what helped us initially, and it was also hard for you especially, was yeah. when we first got married, we were in, living in California. Yeah. And so you physically, you you had lived in your parents' house your entire life yep. up until that point. You'd never lived on your own. So that was a, um, a shock to you, yeah. your system, and being with this big family, going to an apartment with... Uh, this guy, mm-hmm. you know, so all alone, two thousand miles away. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's completely quiet from the wonderful chaos and yeah. loudness of the house you grew up in. Yeah, so that that was a threat to you. Yeah, you know, and just had to deal with that right off the bat. But it was also good because it created that natural leaving mm-hmm. and uh, and separation from uh, your family, so that when we did come back, it was more healthy. Right. Because I think if we would have been here, it would have been tougher. It would have been to, harder for yeah. me to
0: separate, for sure. Yeah, and I would th- say that another one that we experienced, and these are these are things we experienced early on. Right. There have been some in the later years too, but we've also learned how to identify them pretty quick now, and you know, and deal with them. But one of the things is one of our um, family members, uh, actually extended family. It wasn't our parents, but someone outside of. The inner circle of our family, when we first got married, sent us a list of churches that they thought were the approved churches that we should attend. Oh our, wow,
1: I'd forgotten about in this. our new
0: city that we lived in, and I remember being really confused by that because I remember feeling like I thought I was an adult and this was our decision.
1: You were correct and correct. <laughs> yes,
0: and so and I know that this person was just doing it out of love for us and wanting to see us make good decisions. Yeah. But wrongly, that was not their place. They they right. were stepping over boundaries that they should have known, you know, needed to be Yeah, in place. that's
1: a definite boundary that was stepped over.
0: But what I wanted to say is I was so proud of you because you basically looked at the list and said this is our decision. And that was the end of it. Oh, wow,
1: good for me. I so, totally forget this. Yeah.
0: So, you know, like that was something that could have been a major threat, but that yeah. you right away took the role in our family, even because it was something that's, that bothered me, yeah. but you worked it out.
1: There's a verse that just so some biblical foundation for this idea of threats and guarding against it. There's a verse in Deuteronomy 22, 8 that I love because it goes into so many areas outside of marriage, but also with marriage as well. And it's talking, it's giving um, the Israelites some guidelines. This is the law of Moses. And it's talking about building new houses. It says when you build a new house, and remember, they had flat roofs that they would go up to um, and they do stuff up there. Mm -hmm. Um, So it says when you build a house, you must build a railing around the edge of its flat roof. That way you won't be guilty of murder if somebody falls off your Hmm. roof. And... On the outside, it might seem trivial or, or, or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's so important that in our lives, in, the, in this concept of threats in our marriage, that we both identify them. The idea of, whoa, somebody could fall off this roof.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we don't want that to happen. So we need to build a guardrail, build mm-hmm. a railing, so that if it's a dark or, or these threats do come, that there's some sa- a safety net there, Yeah, um, if, if that makes sense.
0: That's good. So what are some other threats, um, common threats that people might bring up?
1: finances are a big one. Yep. Um especially early on.
0: Yep. And we're going to do an actual full episode right. just on finances, but right. that's definitely one that can cause a lot of chaos Absolutely. in a marriage.
1: Family is a big thing because you're you're no matter who you are and what situation you're in, you're going from being either on your own or with your family and your your environment's completely switching. Yeah. So no one escapes that one. Yeah. Um and Communicating of how to deal with that as you transition into marriage is a big one. We see that all the time yep. in our lives and other people's lives.
0: Yeah. What are some other threats?
1: Communication. Mm-hmm. The lack thereof or too much or mm-hmm. um, you can't have too much good communication, but there can be a lot of talking. This predominantly, I don't want to stereotype, but predominantly. It
0: comes from the Wives. Girls. Yes.
1: Too much talking and then not enough listening. Yep. And the men, on the other hand, not enough talking. Shutting down. And they they shut down and internalize things. Yeah. Um, So just that external versus internal and learning how to, as men, this is a huge thing, learning how to respond and communicate even when you feel completely shut down. Mm
0: -hmm. So I think that a huge threat can often be friends.
1: That's a good one. Friends
0: are so important and they're needed. But I've definitely seen marriages... Where people have invested so much time and energy into their friends and not each other, Mm -hmm. and it's been a threat, yeah, to their marriage.
1: Well, it's really anything that comes that has the potential to come between you and your spouse, right? Yeah, and there's so many good friendships, it's just like the family thing when you get married, that dynamic changes, it has to change, and it's not healthy for you to. For perhaps be the same kind of friend that you were, mm-hmm. especially if it's to the opposite sex, right? Uh, person as you were in the beginning, yeah. so that's where you got to set up some guardrails there, yeah. Even in, in friendships, right?
0: For sure. Another one that I think is a big one are past wounds or past experiences mm-hmm. that you may bring into a relationship or bring into a marriage that could threaten your marriage.
1: Yeah, and sometimes it takes. Decades for those to pop up. Mm -hmm. Sometimes those don't show their their ugly face until years years later.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I think it's really good for people if they feel like there may be some of some of that to do some inner healing work, looking deep down inside of them and asking the Lord and Holy Spirit to reveal. If there are some things that are threats mm-hmm. to their marriage, you know, we had some of that in ours that we were able to identify and deal with even what 15, 15 so or so years into marriage that we went, yeah. oh, this is, this is there and that's a threat to our marriage. Yeah. So this we need symptom
1: to, is because of a root issue. That's, yeah.
0: So we need to deal with it. Yeah.
1: So what would you tell people if they're, if they're seeing symptoms that they can't really explain in their marriage? How would you tell people to process that and try to dig into what's going on?
0: Well, I think first you just have to get with God. You have to get so intimate with your heavenly father to ask him to reveal, you know, he gave us the Holy Spirit as a helper Mm -hmm. and that's part of the Holy Spirit's job is to help identify the things and bring up the roots that need to be dealt with. Usually if there are symptoms in your life, there's a spiritual root, um, that needs to be identified and dealt with and cut off. Mm-hmm. So ask, begin by asking the Lord, and then if if you feel just at a complete standstill in this area, go get some professional help. You know, go talk to a pastor or someone who can help you process through and identify what it might be that's causing this this symptom, because mm-hmm. the symptom isn't the root. Mm-hmm. But their root needs to be identified and dealt with. Mm. And and a lot of times it comes from things that happened maybe in your childhood that you didn't even realize had affected you so deeply. And a lot of that comes out in your older years and your 20s and 30s yeah. and even 40s as you're you're going, oh, that's what that was.
1: Yeah, for sure. How about children? They can be a threat.
0: Mm, yeah, for sure. Children. I are-
1: usually just tell them, hey, stop. Interfering with my marriage or I'll just uh, deal with you, create some more of you.
0: Create some more of you. (laughs) That could be a threat.
1: Uh, Yeah, sex could be a threat.
0: Yeah, for sure. So we'll go back to kids for a second. Okay. Um, Yeah,
1: you kind of stopped there when I said sex.
0: No, I'm happy to talk about sex, but...
1: We'll, we'll do it. Let's we'll go back do to the kids one. On that.
0: I think with kids, it's so hard because when they're babies, when you first have children, they literally take everything you have like their lives depend on you yeah. for everything
1: which is threatening because then you got lack of sleep and all right. kinds of other so stuff so many things yeah. that
0: pop up and automatically your marriage takes a back seat even though if even if you don't want it to yeah it does
1: yeah because you can't for a season you got to keep your children alive mm-hmm.
0: and so my number one um, advice to young couples that have brand new babies is get out Get out, even if it's for 30 minutes. You know, you can only leave your baby for 30 minutes. Get out of the house together, the Mm -hmm. two of you, go do something. And do that within the first couple weeks so that you are establishing in your minds and in your children's mind, even though your baby doesn't totally understand it, you're creating that expectation of our marriage is still as important or more important than giving 100% of our time to this child. And
1: that takes communication and scheduling and Mm -hmm. putting it on the calendar Mm -hmm. and then actually following through with it.
0: And that's ongoing because your kids are a lot of work when they're little and they need you, but then they get older and they have tons of events and you're running them around like crazy. And, you know, so it's, I think at every season can really, even as parents with adult children, your adult children and your grandchildren can take away too from your marriage.
1: Right. So this, it's this ongoing, and I know we're having a separate Talk about communication, but it's this ongoing discussion that we should have in our marriages about threats because like like this children thing, it changes in phases as Mm they grow from babies to toddlers to middle schoolers and and high schoolers and adult children.
0: Yeah. And And I know it's
1: different at every stage.
0: I know there's going to be a lot of people that don't like this and that's okay. They're entitled to their opinion and I'm entitled to mine, but I see it a lot where people allow their children to sleep with them. Yeah. And I'm not talking about every now and then as a special treat or when they're sick. I'm talking about their children sleep with them every night in their bed. Yeah. And I will sit here and tell you straight up that is hurting your marriage.
1: It absolutely is. It's, it's
0: setting yourself up for failure in your marriage. You're damaging your
1: marriage if you're it's, doing that every night.
0: You're lying to yourself. Actually, the devil is lying to you to make you think that it's better for your children. But it's setting them up for, for failure, and it's setting yourself up for failure in your marriage.
1: Well, what you're teaching your children is you have to sleep in mom and dad's bed and not your own bed. And that
0: they have to be dependent on right. you instead of teaching them have to be dependent on the Lord. Right.
1: And then the longer that process goes along, it's a harder and harder thing to break. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good word. Yeah. Somebody needs to hear that.
0: Probably. Probably get some haters on that one, but it's, all right. it's okay. You know, and I think it's obviously there's different seasons for everything. There might be a season where that does happen in your family, but the goal would be for you to establish routines that set your marriage apart. Right. That say kids, this is mom and dad's time. This is mom and dad's, um, special time yep. that you don't get to be a part of.
1: Because the entire goal of raising children is to create sons and daughters that turn into fathers and mothers. Mm-hmm. So you're literally raising your kids in order for them to leave you. That is the goal. Yeah. As hard as that is, and I'll cry buckets of tears along with everybody else mm-hmm. when my I walk my daughter down the aisle and see my son get married. But that's the goal. Yeah. And that's the goal of the father is to take infants and turn them into full developed men and women that chase after God. Yeah,
0: that's right. Well and I know we've experienced a little bit of this because we we love to travel yeah as a family. But we've had to remind our kids that sometimes you and I have to travel by ourselves because it's for our marriage. Yeah. And you know, they'll be like, we want to go with you guys and we'll say, No, we're we're leaving you at home with grandma and grandpa because This is for our marriage. This is to protect our marriage, to work on our marriage. And the older they've gotten, the more they understand that. And they're like, yeah, we know. It's to work on your marriage.
1: Yeah, we love to travel with them. And we, you know, especially in these preteen years, Mm -hmm. like these are memories we're creating forever as Mm -hmm. a family. And that's so important. And yes, do that. But also create that time just one-on-one. Because at the end of the day, in 10 more years, Mm -hmm. it's going to be you and me. Yep. You know, unless we're adopting a bunch of little kids, which I don't think is happening. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I don't know either. It's going to be you and me. and that's true. And we've got to have a strong marriage. Yeah. We're, we're raising strong kids and, and we're raising a strong marriage.
0: Yep, that's good. So we mentioned sex, but we're not going to get into it too much because we're going to do a whole episode on it. I want to get into it. it. Oh my goodness. That was kind of inappropriate.
1: You can edit that out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um but that definitely can be a threat yeah uh, so i i guess the point of this is stop and think about and talk with your spouse about what the threats to your marriage are yeah. and it's pretty easy to see what they are it's usually the things you argue about
1: yep yeah.
0: um and the things that stress either one of you out right yeah
1: so develop a plan it's maybe something you've never talked about you're just trying to put out these fires and deal with these Mm. symptoms instead of dealing with the root issue. So plan a date night. Yep. Talk about threats in a non-threatening way (laughs) to where everybody can come to the table. That's a good one. Right. (laughs) And then develop a plan. Like don't stay there. Let's weed the garden, get this stuff dealt with.
0: Yep. It's good.
1: It won't happen overnight, but make a plan.
0: That's so good. Well, thank you for listening. You can find us on iTunes yes and hopefully soon spotify we're gonna jump on over to spotify too sweet um but go on to itunes and leave us a review leave us some feedback tell us what you are if you can find us on instagram at bldg58 building 58
1: building 58 58
0: um and just give us a shout out and let us know what are some threats in your marriage or what are ways that we can pray for you and
1: yeah or what would you like us to talk about upcoming episodes uh, specific to marriage Like Heather said, we're going to do a whole series on this.
0: So thank you so much for listening and
1: we'll see you next time.